You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And the beauty of uh, the NFT space is not only being able to unlock you know, community, but also you know, one of the things I think is undervalued or understated uh, is kind of the the ability to go cross community, right? I feel, um, you know, we talk about a lot of people in this space having their aha moment, finding their one tribe or their one community. But I think the actual aha actually comes when you can find other projects that you have shared people in for the projects that you have your aha. And that to me is one of those things that is exciting when I start to see, you know, like, wow, I'm jumping to this project and people that are also in a project that I'm in, uh, you know, another project are here as well. And I think that's kind of this like beauty of an unlock where you start, you know, that's where the true alpha lives. And that's where you find fellow good projects and good people. And I got one of those good people with us today uh, for, you know, this conversation. Joey Vowles, thanks so much for jumping on. Been fun hanging out with you on Twitter spaces across multiple channels, multiple communities. And uh, now we got you on the pod. Thanks, fans. I appreciate it. Yeah, we um, unfortunately didn't get to cross paths at NFT Miami. I think I, because I brought my little guy who's down there on the floor with me on that Saturday. So I only stayed for, I want to say like three hours. So I didn't really have a lot of time to meet up with people. But I know we had talked about it prior and it just didn't happen. So at least now we get to put a little face to the name action since we didn't get to meet in person. But yeah, I'm excited. I am, you know, the current state of the market is tough, but I think being able to connect and network and partner with like-minded people is the best is the beauty right now, right? Like there's all that, all that kind of noise and stuff is gone and, and certain people are starting to stand out and you can really connect with them. Yeah. And I think that also kind of leads into that, like, you know, like we, we started, you know, it's funny that like a couple of days in a row, I feel like we jumped four or five Twitter spaces, you know, in a row together where we were just going, you know, Hey, I'm in this Twitter space. I'm in this Twitter space. And I think that is kind of like the beauty of that. Also love the, the dad life side there. You have two young ones. And whew, I, I, I tell you what, mine are, you know, I'm getting teenage daughters. My, I have four days till my middle one turns 12. Uh, so I, I'll have 13, 12, and nine. But wow. uh, oh my goodness, little yeah, ones! I, I started a little late, so I have a two-year-old and a five-month-old. I started. I had my first one at 39, and then this guy at 41. Yeah, so, we're, we're we're like right at the same age. I'm 41. I turn 42 next month, so I'm, I turn 42 in August. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm, we're 81. We're 81 birthdays. There we go. How there you that? go. Yep. <laughs> so we have that aligned. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things you know, I I love you know when getting on stages and, and kind of hearing different people share different part on Twitter. And, and I know not everyone, it's funny. I I've learned recently. Um, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are not Twitter fans and not Twitter spaces fans. And they use this, the show, uh, you know, and we're very thankful we, we crossed over 2 million downloads and we're so lucky that we have so many amazing people, but like there is just like this essence of Twitter spaces that I absolutely love. And um, it doesn't mean that all Twitter spaces are good, but there are some great shows and great content and, and usually if it's a great topic with like a leader that I respect, it's even more fun when I've shared voices that jump in there. And the other part of that that I like is that oftentimes we might share voices. We have different experience and projects that we are in <laughs> during the NFT space. So uh, talk to me a little bit like what got, what brought you into the, the NFT space? Like what was your kind of initial entry point? I love that kind of, you know, giving people that yeah. view. And then I kind of will kind of go through there and kind of talk more about where we're at and where we're going. Yeah, of course. So I jumped in quarter three of 2021 and it was like right when the Instagram influencer took off, right? Like every <laughs> rapper, every was like, oh, come yep. in my NFT. We're going to the moon. I got you on a private jet, free Tesla, right? Like all that stuff. And um, I knew no one. Not a single person that had owned or even talked about NFTs at that point. And I jumped in 
and put myself through NFT college. <laughs> uh, I spent a lot of money learning about NFTs and and what not to buy and what communities to avoid and all that fun stuff. Um, and then I was lucky enough in March of 2022 to help my tattoo artist and her husband launch an NFT project. And we successfully did that. It was a small Genesis collection of 300 pieces. Is it when they look at you like that? Is there any? It's just like there's like nothing better, right? <laughs> nothing yeah, better. Buddy. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, but yeah, so come to find out, I actually did have a friend who was into NFTs. He was really, really big into Zen Run. Ah. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but like massive, like he got in really early, like huge stable horses, the whole thing. There was multiple times where he tried to get me on a call to like teach me about Zed run. And I just didn't. So I never got into it. Um, he come to find out then he's also the number one merch provider in the NFT space as well. He owns a, um, a merch company called top drawer merch. They started out as a, yeah, they started out as a streetwear brand called electric family. And then they started doing merch for DJs and musicians. Next thing you know, they invented the token gated merch store and they're doing all the merch for D gods, board, 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 ape world of women and on and on and on. So, but yeah, so that was my journey. Then in um, April of 2022, I decided that, you know, after successfully launching that project, I was like, you know what, I'm going to join forces with a couple people I met in the space, launched an agency, Worked on about 20 different projects in 2022. The whole thing, Discord, smart contracts, marketing, on and on and on. And then 2023 has been all about me. So trying to grow my personal brand, like who I am as a person, what I've done in life, my business experience, et cetera. And that's when I was fortunate enough to become the chief marketing officer at Tykes. Um, and that's where I am today. Yeah, and we have a third tykes up there on the screen. We'll talk a little bit uh, a tykes here in a second. We I want, I want to tie into the you know the the agency strategy consulting help launching uh, world of 2022 was definitely a um, I mean it was such an interesting realm, right? Like, and it was a tough time. Yeah, it was, and especially because it was like I mean we had 2021 trends and ideas and things that worked. And then there was 2022 people that wanted that on the same budget with the same ideas. Yet yep. we know the space. How did you find like from, from that side, like what, what were some of like your learnings from kind of working? Cause I, I, I have that same experience and I feel like until you're like, people talk about, you need to launch your own project. I would actually argue the people that have helped launch multiple projects for other people are probably no yeah. more than just the person that launched one. And I actually Asher uh, from lazy lions. And I, he agreed with me on that because he'll message me every once in a while for like, what's going on here. What is up with this? And I'm like, yeah, it's cause you're focusing on one and we have to be abroad. What were some of the things that you learned or some like maybe surprises or ahas or things that you've taken into your personal brand growth um, from those like agency working with, you know, projects days. Yeah. So Man, I can't even begin to tell you how many sad, sad phone calls I had with Mm. people that were like, hey, we've got this great idea. We've got this great artwork, but we have no money because I gave it all to this person and this person stole it. You know, like it it just it really, you know, 2021, 2022, before the bear kicked in, it was the Wild West. I mean, it really was. There were people out there who bought followers they bought discord server members they you know bought engagement they any of them bought a board ape so that they could have that on their logo right like yep. That, yep. that's a sad trend yep and people were falling victim to quote unquote marketers right because like you said they had a board ape pfp yep they had a doodles pfp which now nobody respects but back then they did <laughs> yeah they did um, back then. <laughs> right like um or they had a punk or whatever it was, right? And it was like, oh, I know the market because I got a board ape and I got a crypto punk and look at my 50,000 followers and look at my engagement and somebody would send them five, 10, 20. I mean, I had one guy, $100,000 down the drain oh. working with people that had no clue what they were doing. And that's at that moment, when as it, which will kind of answer your question, at that moment, that's when I decided that my 
ethos or my brand was going to be around as much education as possible. Coming from 20 years of business experience, owning my own business, working for startups, working for multi-billion dollar companies, like I couldn't understand why in this space people ignored what we do in everyday business. You have an interview. You ask for references. You verify the references. You ask for measurables. Like if you tell me, hey, listen, I can market your project. I'm going to get you these followers, these whatever, Discord members. This Okay, great. What projects have you already worked on? Can you show me these measurables, right? Like how did you get to 5,000? How did you get to 10,000? How did you get to 50,000, right? Like we, we ignored all of that. Because everybody wanted to, like, they were like, we got to capitalize right now. Like, NFTs are hot. Like, I got to get my project out there. Like, I'll do whatever it takes because if I just get it out there, I'm going to make $5 million, right? And they ignored all of this traditional stuff and they all got, they got stolen, they got stolen, right? Like, they got stolen from. And so at that point, I knew that no matter who booked a call with me, whether it turned into a client or not, I was going to educate. So I could I spent hours and hours on calls with people that I got paid nothing, but I provided as much value as I could to make sure that they wouldn't become another victim. And, and that's the biggest thing. So I, you know, having had probably over a hundred client calls, working on over 20 different projects, like I just I saw the good, the bad, the ugly, like I saw it all. And yeah. It was really tough. Like we launched the agency in April and literally that was like right when ETH started to do its thing. Right. And, but I I truly believe that like our ethos of like being honest, being upfront, being transparent, educating, like all of those things are what allowed us to even get the clients we did because I, I I told them, I said, listen, if anybody, because they would ask me like, they would say, okay, if I give you this $20,000 for social media marketing, um, are, how much, what can you guarantee us at Mint? At Mint? And I would say nothing. Right. And they would go, wait a minute, what do you mean nothing? And I would say nothing. If anyone They're, answers anything different than that, they are a fraud. Let's just that's what I would tell them. I said, if somebody tells you, if you give me 20 grand, I will guarantee your project sells out. They're they're gonna they're they're a liar. They're gonna steal from you. You're never gonna see that twenty grand ever again. And I would and I and so I call it so in business, right? Like you call it selling against yourself, right? Right. So like when so like if you if typically salesmen don't sell against themselves, they tell you what you need to hear or what you want to hear in order to get the sale and close it. Well, I believe the best way to to build rapport and sell and close somebody's to sell against yourself. So be completely brutally honest, even if that means you're like, you're pushing them away. Yep. Right. So I would sell against myself and I would tell them, listen, you give me $20,000 for marketing. The only thing I can promise you is that you will get eight weeks, whatever the deal was. I don't remember. Right. Six weeks of social media management design, right? Like whatever, whatever we agree to, you will get all of this. Okay, you'll get followers, you'll get Discord members, but I can't promise you'll mint a single one. Any of them will mint a single NFT because at the end of the day, it's your job when they show up to your Discord or when they follow you on Twitter to convince them that whatever it is you're offering, they need to buy. Right? If people forgot the. the adage of like great market is get, get you to there. The, the great sales close it, right. Or the great products or services close. Yeah. And they just make those weird assumptions. You know, and I think for, you know, it's funny when people are like, I can't believe Tom Brady didn't research FTX. And I'm like, I kind of can, because from the Tom Brady's to the person that was putting their own $30,000, like their own like savings that they, all they had, both of them were looking at like, you know, it's kind of crazy to think throwing out not only business best practices, but as you said, like, some of like the most nuanced elements of like check references. And, and let's also, we have to give a little bit of credit to these scam artists and these, you know, and I I hate to say it, but like I I went through a a bunch of client calls and a majority of the people that were scamming people had a board ape 
or a crypto punk that they've, yep. you know, and which makes sense. Hey, if I can say it was you before, but it was, bucks, but it was before the hexagon though. Right. So before people the hex, were like, right. people were right click saving and making their PFP a board eight that they didn't even own. Yep. Or in their discord, right. The discord, they would hit up yep. through discord and have a PFP that now. And I think like, I, I hate to say like early adoption, like opens that up. Right. Because like, it's the same thing in social media. When I got into social media, we had my first agency. Like I was blown away that like, really all I got was the leftover. People went to other agencies and were sold. I will grow your Twitter account by this many followers. They went and bought those followers five days before the end of the contract. And then people were like, I can't believe it didn't convert. And like, I was like, I, I guess I was like maybe shocked and a little bit like I, I, I was like an eye-opening experience for me, like 2011, 2012, social media marketing, when I realized, wow, a lot of these agency owners are just really great at being like kind of like that, like scammy, because there was no benchmark. There was no way to, to measure. But like yep. weirdly in this space, I feel like if, if people were true collectors before they were launching their projects, don't you feel like they would have saw like some, because I feel like that was also part of it where yep. so many people that were, I, I'm curious. But they were Right. Like they, they weren't, right? They saw they didn't spend they didn't spend three to six months in the NFT space yep. seeing what works, what doesn't work, what is a scam, what isn't a scam. Like people ask me, I, I didn't say it earlier, but people ask me, you know, when did you join the NFT space? And I say during the used car salesman era. <laughs> because that's literally what it was, right? Like yes. if you look at like Q3, Q4 of 2021 and Q1 of 2022. It was the used car salesman of NFTs. It was, hey, it mint my NFT for a chance. Like, uh, what's his name from Migos? Minted Apes in Space. And, yeah. and he was giving away a trip on a rocket to, the, yep. to space with him. Right. Then there was, you know, you could win a free Tesla. You can get a ride yeah. on a private jet. You could, you could, you could bow. You, my, May, Floyd Mayweather would, would do, would, would train with you. Right. And then, yeah, like there was all this and it was, it's all the slimy, sleazy sales techniques that people would use to get you to buy. Right. And everybody was hoping they would get one of those 10, one of ones. Right. And, all this, I mean, like it was just, it was so bad. And, and, and it was the same for the mark, the marketers, right. Who were lucky enough to mint a couple board apes, flip them, make a couple hundred thousand dollars. And now they're experts, yeah. right? I, I'm an expert because I was here early. No, you're not an expert. You don't know what you're doing. Like tradition, like, like I talk about this all the time on spaces. There's a thing called a marketing funnel. It's, <laughs> it's like, it is I don't care what industry you're in. It is, you should be following it to a T, right? How do you get your consumers down to the point to where they become your advocates? They become your sales force because they genuinely love what you're doing, right? And people would ignore it. It was all about like hype. And, you know, like, you know, how fast can you mint out and floor well, and price go up? And, and, you know, speculation being rewarded didn't help either. Don't you think like, no, th like that, didn't. like people that delivered on their roadmap saw floor prices go down. People that delayed and add speculation saw floor prices going up and talking we about always, like, we a, say it all the time, announcement for the announcement. Yeah. Which is, you know, and like, I mean, I heard it twice today and like, I'm excited. Like my, actually you said Miami, like I got to actually hang out with Lucas from Pudgy Penguins for the first time. And I, I would say like, you know, and I openly will say like, I wasn't like a, I was a fan of like the project, but I wasn't a fan of a huge fan of his from a Twitter space perspective. I, I didn't get his vibe, but like after connecting with him in Miami, getting to see him and, and hear his vision and purpose in person, I was actually like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And I like, like he has like some of these like commitments, you know, and he's young and, and energy. But the funny thing about that, like the reason I bring up the, the punchy penguins piece was like, I remember that like time that you're talking about. And for those that are listening, right? Like that's the first hundred episodes of this podcast, right? We launched November 11th, 11, 11, 21. And if you just listen to that, go back and listen to those episodes where I'm giving best practice and advice. And I'm, I'm getting on and saying, I still don't understand why this one minted out yeah. yet. Like, I mean, like West coast customs was a one, one of my favorite projects. Um, and they did everything by the book and everything correct. And it's West coast customs from like MTV West coast customs, yeah. those days, huge brand. They were building a game forever and they could not mint out. Like they ended up stringing the supply. And then I would say, we'll put this on the record. 
I still believe they will have one of the best games that launches this year. And there'll be, everyone will have to go back to these episodes where I was like, these guys, I mean, they had a funnel. They understood communication. They didn't demand you had to be in the discord. It was the only way you could get announcements. And I'm curious your take on, I think this idea of like, if everybody was an owner, there was kind of both problems, right? Where we had impatient people that wanted ownership stake, but didn't want to take ownership responsibility. And then we had ownerships of projects that were like treating everyone like, oh, if you miss the announcement in Discord, you're screwed. Where like, where else in business do we say, hey, you bought a service from us that we're going to deliver and you must come to our one communication channel, yeah. which let's face it, Discord is like still a pain of all pains. Yeah, it's, a, it's, definitely, a, it's definitely an entry barrier. Yeah. And so now the, the there's there's like the talk and we'll kind of jump around a little bit, but the talk is like, we are weeding that out of this space. I'm not so sure, especially in this no. coin environment right now. Like what's your take no. on like, cause we still have speculation, used car sales, sales yep. people. And we have, we've also this weird um, misalignment on, on like who people want to work with. And, and I'll say like, I, I was working with a, a, a coin to kind of come up with a strategy and the people they wanted to work with, I kind of advised against another coin launched and worked with those people and they blew up successfully. So like for me, like in that, cause like, I love where you said like kind of regrounding on the ethics and selling against yourself. But like the frustrating part of that is right now that's still not extremely being rewarded. And I mean, what the hell do we do about that? So to rewind to what you said er earlier, which will tie it in is you have to remember that during the bull run, everybody was an alpha caller right? Everybody, you literally, you could, you could just close your eyes and put your finger on a project and it was going to mint out and the floor price is probably going to go up. Right. So what it did was is it created this on, it created this network of influencers that are not really influential. And what's happening now is they're still riding that wave of success to where people will listen to whatever they say. And to be honest, and it, it, it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but nothing will change until regulation happens. Agreed. It just, I, 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 I talk about this in spaces and I comment on people's tweets when they talk about decentralization. I challenge every person that's watching this, go Google anarchy, <laughs> then Google decentralization and overlay the definitions. Okay. They're or, not, or go watch the, there's a documentary called the anarchists. Uh, I believe it's on Hulu. Uh, fascinating. And it's early crypto days, but it's all decentralized maxis and yeah. trying to overthrow the government, that anarchy side of it. And you, yeah. you're spot on. It's they're not word for word, but if you read them with an open mind as to what we kind of talk about decentralization as, and then you go think about like the definition of anarchy. You're like, holy shit, you're right, right? So like, it's not possible to to what to your point about like why are people getting rewarded that shouldn't get to be rewarded when people are ethical and they have strong roadmaps and they're really delivering, right? At this point, like it's really difficult to weed out those bad actors. And like for example, you talked about coins two weeks ago. It was jugs. Yep. Right. And so like, it's really difficult to, to, to move past that and take the next step into like, let's call it NFT 2.0, right? Yep. The next phase of this, if we don't have regulation that holds people accountable when they're doing things that are detrimental. So for example, we'll use jugs two weeks ago, jugs was a, it's for those that don't know, it's illegal to spin up a coin in America. You cannot, you cannot launch a token in America. It's illegal. It's a violation of the SEC and Federal Trade Commission and blah, 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 whatever agency you could think of, right? This person admitted to violating those laws, spinning up jugs, making money, rugging, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. Now, until we get to a place where I don't know if it would be Ethereum or or who right says okay if you want to spin up a token 
there needs to be some type of KYCing. We need to verify. Like, so for example, if you're going to launch a token with a liquidity pool and blah, 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 you need to have maybe some specific percentage in the wallet that's opening this token, right? Like there needs to be something that puts like their skin in the game. Yep. Right. Same with NFT projects. Are you familiar Excuse with the, the when the when token that just launched? Yeah, I got week? a bunch of free when token. from 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 when men. I actually think yeah. they're doing it right uh, now. You know the price isn't. You know, like if you look at their white paper, their rollout, the way that they their ten percent allocation, they're doing the claim. Yep. Um, I got like also six hundred ninety thousand, and then I get so many over the next like three. Yeah, they're doing the weeks yeah every day. Yeah, every day yeah. it occurs. I actually think they're doing it right, but I think the problem with doing it right, which ties back into the NFT a problem. Floor price right, don't go up. Floor price don't go up. And talking about like a, and I struggle. I. Like my team will laugh when you know Drew will be listening to this, and like I struggle reconciling. Like in my head, if I have to like align or understand to play a game, uh, there are some people that I will just have to kind of have to deal with because if they're playing the game, floor price go up, and like that to me is such a struggle. But there also is something to be said on like if if we're not playing that game, we're getting wrecked, right? Right? Like like yeah, it, I missed out on Pepe. Yep. Yeah, me is I did as well, even though. I was with Spotty Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Spotty Wi-Fi and Spotty Wi-Fi the day before. And he was talking about like, Hey, I got this call. I think it's going to be, and like the day it happened, I messaged him like, you're putting your brand aligned with Pepe. I'm like, I don't know enough about, and I, I completely balked the next day. I put it into our like alpha chat that we had and my community jumped on it. We had a couple people that went like heavy, heavy thousands of, you know, $60,000. One person put in Pepe like real early, like day three and they made it, they made out. I, just avoid it. And I will say until I watch the documentary and I kind of have a better perspective of Pepe, but I, I missed it on that. So I guess the, the bigger piece of this from like a conversation and, and it ties in the tykes is that like, it's why I've kind of leaned in even on this podcast of like referencing projects and people that have a business foundation that already understand content and community and sales. And let's face it, they have skin in the game beyond like, you know, even with their name. And I have to give a shout out to, you know, one of my like favorite listeners and good friend of both of ours, uh, Justin Lima. Uh, Justin is a, a rock star. And Justin, yep. I mean, Justin early with Tykes was coming to me and being like, Banzo. And we minted Tykes into our Mint 365 collection. So it was, you know, I bought an NFT every single day for a year and and the Tykes drop is in our collection. So I I, I like to say I at least knew on launch day. I It's mainly because yeah. I knew Ryan. Ryan and I had shared a couple of stages um, in the past. But was part of like the attraction for what Tykes is building and you joining that on that team as well, the fact that like we know that floor price doesn't have to go up early in that project yep. for it to be valuable for holders and be good for your brand. Talk to me about how like that kind of works. Cause yeah. there's a lot, of, a lot of people that can figure a lot of people I know that are listening to this are figuring out where to spend their time and who to align with from like projects and things that are in a bag. And it's a lot tougher than people are kind of wanting to kind of, Oh, it's know. so much. I mean, let's okay. So let's be honest. You can play the game and make a lot of money. Right. I I have nothing against flippers. To yeah, me, me I think I think flippers and degens is the wrong thing to call them. I right. think it's degrading. They don't deserve it. They're no different than a day trader who trades stocks. Agreed. No different. And those guys are so well and girls are so well respected and get praised when they make a lot of money. I don't know why in our space, like flippers and DGENs are looked at so negatively. To me, they're just NFT day traders, right? They're they're putting their bag at risk because they're taking a chance. They read a chart. They saw momentum, whatever. More power to them. I've tried it. I don't have the time. It's I, I just physically don't have the time to sit in front of my computer and like, okay, listings are going up. Sales are going down. Okay, sell. Right. Like I just don't have that time. So I'm not a, I'm not a trader. It's not who I am with that being said. So, so yes, there is money to be made. You can go do yep. that. I don't look, I don't look down on you for it for me though, because I don't have the time to do that. I try to look for projects that I believe will be here five, 10, 20 years from now. Right. Like I'm, I, if you look at my what I hold, I do hold some stuff, but it's because I didn't sell when I was supposed to and I got stuck holding it. <laughs> yeah, um, like I don't hold any, like I hold one little pudgy 
And it was because I screwed up and didn't sell when I was supposed to. So now I'm stuck kind of waiting, hoping that it, it goes back up and then I can sell it. Right. Um, you know, like I have, I have all of season one of Seize the Meebs, which is an art collection. Yep. They're not, there's no value there. It's just art. I thought the art was really cool. I got into it. I have a little issue with when I start something I can't finish. <laughs> so I had to collect the whole season. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's just not a lot in there. Most of what I have. Yeah. But anyway, so the point is, is that like, I, I don't hold any quote unquote IP NFTs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I don't hold sappy seals, pudgy penguins, doodles, D gods, utes. I don't hold any of them because in my opinion, they've yet to show me what will make them be here five and 10 years from now. Now they might be working on something, which is part of what you talked about, which is communication, right? They might be working on something that creates a sustainable source of revenue that rewards their holders that will, that will, that will see them in five or 10 years. I don't see it yet. Right. And to be honest, I don't see it with Yugi yet either. Right. Nope. Like people go, Oh, but they've got other side and they've got this. And they've... Listen, the only thing that Yuga has successfully done to this point is keep giving away free NFTs. That makes people it. money. Yep. That's, that's pretty it. much it. Yep. That's the, and people get mad at me about it, but like, here's the thing. Truthful. I guarantee if you polled, I, I don't know, like a thousand board ape holders, would they buy a board ape at 50 ETH right now? Yeah. I bet you 90% would say no. And nope. you know why? Because I've talked to them and I've asked them myself. They won't because the reality is at this point, the only chance you have of getting into Board Ape at 50 ETH and making your money back at all is if somehow you network with somebody who maybe gives you a job or like, because it's not through NFTs anymore. Like if you got a Board Ape early on for like, let's say five, 10, 20 ETH, you probably have made money. Right. Between the mutant, between the dog, between the ape coin, between the other side, between the sewer passes, the Maras, the the other like 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 there was you. But at this point, I don't. I'm not involved in any of those projects. Not because I can't afford a pudgy penguin or anything like that. I can't afford a board ape. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, I, I can't really well. I'm I'm considered like top ten percent in America when it comes to like income, and I can't afford a board ape. Yeah. Um, so. And that's, I'm not flexing, by the way. I'm just saying like that shit's <laughs> no, too expensive. You. It's too expensive. Like it has to, the price has to normalize at some point, right? Yep. Like, but um, anyways, the point is, is that like with Tykes, the reason why I got into Tykes is because I want to create generational wealth for my family in a way that is sustainable, mm. right? So could you have hit on Pepe and made a million dollars? Sure. You're going to pay a shit ton of taxes depending on where you live, right? Like, or you're not going to take it out and you're going to keep it as ETH and probably spend it on a bunch <laughs> of shit. And then who knows, yep. right? Who knows what happens, right? But like, but I wanted, I wanted to be part of a project when I joined, when I minted like six months ago, because I knew that real estate, investing in businesses, networking with high net worth people was a great way for me to further my career. And like, and try to create some generational wealth for my family. So I, that's why I did it. And yes, you're right. Our floor price peaked at like 2.75 maybe or three ETH like post mint out because everybody was like, oh shit, what's this project? And they're buying up the floor and whatever. And now it's down to like 0.4, right? right? But that's because people don't, if you're not in the project, you really don't know what's happening, right? Like you don't know that, there's, we have this, we have tie coin, which is not backed by a liquidity pool. It's just a simple ERC 20 token that you will be able to use to invest in businesses. Right. So you will get real percentage ownership in a business as if you gave away 10, 50, a hundred thousand dollars, but with a coin that has technically no value, Right. We have our marketplace where you can go to events like WealthCon, where you've got some of the biggest real estate and financial investors in the country coming to speak to you. You can stay in an Airbnb, right? We call them Tyke shares. There's yeah. Tyke shares all over the country you could stay in with Tycoin. We have every week, we have educational sessions on buying and selling. So land flipping, right? Like how do you identify a good deal? with land how do you then get financing for it how do you sell it right we have 
education sessions on how to utilize AI with real estate. Justin, who you mentioned, hosts a wealth um, hosts a wellness wealth session about nutrition and exercise. We teach people how to get financing for deals with no money down and not or not even using your own money, right? Like mm. using other people's money, right? So there's like there's so much value being built in the project, and we have some tech we're working on. Um, but like those are the kind of projects that I'm interested in that are going to take this technology and really like push it forward. I could care less. No offense, you mentioned Luca and Pudgy Penguins. I could care less about a toy penguin. Right. I just, like the chances of that toy penguin becoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. V, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Gary V is working to do that with his army of what he has, and it's still an uphill battle for yeah. friends IP, right? Like, I think that's where, I think some people get lost in that, like, you know, in that piece of it. I also think, you know, one of the things with Tykes and, you know, and, and Justin Lima and the team that, that, that is there, you know, the NFT and the, and the tokens are, are part of the equation, but it unlocks all of the other parts of the, it's equation, the networking. Right. right? It's and the, that's by far, like people say they joined board ape because of the, the networking. Right. And I'm not a holder, so I can't, yeah, tell let's you face it. They joined it for the association of being associated with other people, yeah, not for the correct. Networking. Correct. Um, I mean, there are some people like look at DGen Network, right? Like those yep. guys got to, they all met in Board Ape. They got together, they created DGen Network, right? Like, so there are some success stories. But the reality is when you get into a project like Tykes, all those utilities I mentioned, and there's more, are cool. But like I'm going to Cabo in June. It's all of Ryan. So Ryan Pineda is the founder. It's all of his company. It's his like yearly company trip. So Pineda Capital, Wealthy Way, Wealthy Kingdom, all these companies he owns. He owns an accounting firm. He owns all these multi-million dollar companies. They're all going. And then all of our, not all, it's anybody that wanted to go, right? We've got like 50 or so people from Tykes going and we're all going to Cabo to hang out and network. Like I'm Like we just had a guy him and another young lady, they met in Tykes. Mm. They they got help from our land flipping guy and they just closed on a deal for 420 acres that they're, that they're going to decide whether they want to develop, parcel off and sell, flip, right? Like, so that's why you join a community like Tykes, right? It's the ability to, like we've, we did a survey of, like how many people have worked with another Tyke holder since becoming a Tykes member. And we've only been around like eight months. We've already had like 25 people already work with other people on deals, whether it's investing, real estate, et cetera. That's why you join. Like, why do you pay to join? Like I, I used to be an entrepreneur and I would join South Florida entrepreneurs and I would pay like five or $10,000 a year to once a month meet with other entrepreneurs. Right. Yep. So well, and I think that that's also a generation thing, right? Like, I think our our age was kind of the last group that like looked at that. Like, and I and I will say that like I joined National Speakers Association in 2014, and then I wrote them this ridiculously long letter of why I think it's a joke, and that I was paying to hang out with old white guys. And I literally like, I mean, I bashed the like the hell out of it in 2015. I give them a lot of credit, is they like literally line by line took a lot of my advice, came back to me and said, this is how we're doing to change it. And I ended up joining in 2016. I'm still a member now, but like, to your point, like there is that, like, you know, what is, what does that like alignment mean? I'm curious, you know, Tykes is a great one. Were you familiar with Ryan prior to, I'm guessing yeah. you knew Ryan before. So I've, I've, yeah. Cause I've always kind of been into real estate. So I okay. stumbled across Ryan like months before that and was following him with real estate. It's like, listen, it's one of the oldest sayings in the world, right? your network is your net worth. Right. And the other one is what, if, if, uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the yeah. wrong room, right? Wrong like, room, so, right. Yep. right. Like, so like, for example, the, the COO of Tykes, his name is Amr. He owns a design firm. Hmm. Um, and incredibly successful. We were texting and I was like, Hey, do you have time to catch up today to talk about some of the stuff that we have in the pipeline? He's like, sorry, I'm in Paris. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, He's like, I'll text you when I get home. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I just kind of like to travel. And I'm like, that's, but those are the people that I want to be associated with. Right. Like Ryan, Ryan was in, took his family for a week to the Dominican. Right. And played golf. He was on the golf course shirtless with no shoes, like playing golf, like drinking fresh coconuts, right. Right from the tree. Like that, like, so you have to decide. And I tell people this all the time. 
that like come to me and ask for advice about like building their brand or building their business, I go, you have to decide what your pot of gold is, yeah. right? Like what is it at the end of the rainbow that you want? And then walk back across that rainbow and visualize everything that helped get you to that pot of gold. Go backwards, like go in reverse. That's, I mean, this, our podcast audience knows that. So the song for this show, the intro outro, it starts with, you must define success. And I, I like hammer that home because if you don't even define success, you're never going to figure out what the hell was successful anyhow. Right. And you'll also yep. never be able to map something out. Like I love you know, like in reverse engineering from success backwards, make a lot of sense. I, I'm, I, I'm also curious. So for a lot of people, I know that like, there, there is an element of like getting in this space for like the quick flip or the money, or maybe the IP was attractive, but then you got, you know, most of us got hell, we got stuck holding a bag. Right. And now we're, there's like hesitation to like, how do I get in to something else? Or like, how do I know that that's also not going to be there? And, I, and I'll Research. say there's a couple, you know, coalition crew is another one that is built very much like tykes. I would say bo uh, bulls and apes project. Um, yep. It does a lot. With, like, gents croquet cub. Right. Yep. Or something is another yep, one. That's a good one. Um, there is one I want to throw out. You mentioned you helped a tattoo piece. Have you hit, have you heard of the meta tattoo club? Have you heard of them? No, but it's, see, I've they're my only, multiple... they're my only Solana NFT that is above mint. <laughs> from okay. what I meant. Like literally every, I, Solana, I have, every Solana NFT I bought was a rug. I have like, like 60, so bad. 68 projects in my Solana wallet that I had like for a while was kind of, <laughs> I, I loved ETH, but I was like obsessed with like, like the weird barrier there and the tech, um, but meta meta tattoo club, we're going to get them on the pod. I just talked message them today. They actually are, cre they, they've created a tool for tattoo artists around the world to be able to put on like in the, you can look on the map and it'll show, you can put your calendar and they, any, it's free That's for any cool. tattoo artist to sign up and people can just, Hey, I'm going to be flying in the town and you can book people via, awesome. you know, remote. It has like, some really cool things. But what I found like in these examples, right. Where, and I guess this is the question I had for you. Can, can someone without a existing successful business or successful community or successful audience, can they launch an NFT project in 2023 and be successful? Like what's your, where, like, where do you think? Yeah. So I think, so one thing I harp on all the time is, is you need experience, right? Mm -hmm. So like I use the national geographic launch and the National Lampoon's launch, like all these failed big web two brands. Yep. I always use them as an example. You have to spend six months at least living, eating, breathing, sleeping, and just absorbing, right? Like there's a reason why most people, before they get a real job, they do an internship, Yep. right? Like if you, like I didn't just go own a business, right? Like I went to business school. I spent a lot of time doing mock businesses. Like we went to mock business, yeah. like, like this is before cell phones and internet, right? Like, so yeah. like you yeah. would actually, we can relate. Like, I know that, yeah. I know that like, time you'd, very well. you'd actually go to like, you would go to a university and they would set up this event where you would be given a product, right? Or business. And over yep. the course of like two or three days, you, you develop marketing plans and strategies and operations and how do you set your price and right? Like, and then at the end, th they had like whatever computer algorithm that would calculate like who got the most sales and made the most money based on your price and your margin, right? Because everybody would set their price different or spend money, on, right? So I, 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 this is all I did, right? Before I ever, and my father owned businesses. Like I had a ton of experience before I, and my first business was a failure. It failed. Right. But I spent five years learning what not to do and some of the things I should do, which then allowed me to go work for other startups and start other businesses. And right. So if you're not spending at least six months to a year, just entrenched in NFTs and in this space, especially because it moves so fast. The meta is constantly changing, right? Like, so you got to spend six to 12 months just entrenched in this space. You also have to understand that it, like it's, it's really hard. Like people get really discouraged. Like that's, that's the other thing too. Like there was a point when I launched my agency where we had nothing. Like we had no leads. We had nothing. We were just sitting there with nothing to do, but like, I knew that I wasn't going to give up. Right. So like it can, like you said, it can be really discouraging when you see some influencer launch a meme coin and now he's worth $5 million. 
Ben, sorry. Um, yep. <laughs> um, yep. um, right. And then you're trying to do the right thing. And so you got to have really thick skin. You have to have like this, this drive that like, no matter what happens, you're going to get through it and just, and listen, it might sound shitty, but take some jobs as a discord moderator, take some jobs, like take some shit jobs in NFT projects just to see behind the curtain a little, right. To understand like how it works. Yeah. Or it doesn't work. Right. Like you get get a lot of, you get a lot of insight there. Uh, So so you know how I got my job at Tykes? How? Yeah. I I spent six. Okay. So I spent six months as a Tykes holder, just watching. I watched every announcement. I watched the communication. I watched the social media post. Um, and then they made a decision about some stuff. And I was like, hey, listen, I really don't, I, I don't think the decisions you're making are going to help move the project in a direction that will make us sustainable long term in Web3. The decisions you're making are very Web2 heavy. And this project right now is like 99% Web2 people. If you want to be a blockchain company, you need to make decisions that will bring on more Web3 people and really focus on the blockchain, right? And there was a lot of messages back and forth, but that was the gist of it. Then Ryan's like, hey, let's DM. Okay, for those that don't know, Ryan has 300,000 YouTube subscribers, 300,000 followers on Instagram. He has seven multi-million dollar companies. He doesn't need to talk to me. Right. But one of Ryan's greatest qualities is that he wants to surround himself with people. And this is something my dad taught me when I was really young. He wants to surround himself with people that know what he doesn't know because he knows that he doesn't need to know everything. Right. So for those that didn't catch that, surround yourself with people that know what you don't know. So you don't have to spend time learning everything else. The first problem with that is most people aren't willing to admit what they don't know. Right, like that, that is the, they, like, cause it's a, it's a whole other game to find the people, but you're right. I, yep. And I give Ryan a lot of that credit because someone from his Ackerman, the success, the kind of like the pedigree that, that he kind of has his own reputation and brand is very, like, I mean, his repu, I mean, I think we were on stage together 2015, um, at an event. And I remember even at that point, like his, the, his brand was launching, but his businesses were already kind of had already yep. taken off from the success side. But I love that he jumped on a, a call with you. Yeah, he got on a DM, people. got on a call got on a zoom next thing you know within six weeks it's like hey do you want to be the chief marketing officer right and and we've talked about this on like spaces i think you've been on about like the difference between fud and like action because you made the comment yeah you made the comment about like how people want to be owners right but they're not really owners and then the owners are the owners but don't really want to be the owners right so like there's this there's this really weird dynamic with NFTs where the holders really don't have ownership. You're not an investor. You have no ownership, but they're very outspoken. And then you've got the founders that are the owners that have the ownership, but they don't know what they're doing. Right. But the problem is, is if you're not communicating in, again, this goes back to the end of the rainbow, right? So if you as a holder don't like what you're seeing in a project, right? You now you have to say, okay, how do I speak up? What do I want at the end of the rainbow? I want at the end of the rainbow for this project to do better on Twitter, do better, to, to be better, to be better on Twitter, right? That's what I want, right? Because I think that's where we're failing. Okay, now, what do I need to say as you walk across that rainbow? What do I need to say in order to give my opinion to this project in a way that they're actually going to listen to me? So that way, that pot of gold, which is being better on social media happens. Most people just start you're going, we're going to zero my bag and blah, blah, right? So instead I took the approach of, and that's probably because I'm a little older and I have some experience, right? But I took the approach of, hey, listen, here's some really constructive, specific feedback of how, and here's some things I think we could do differently. And I think that like, to your, to again, to your point about launching a project and founders, right? You have to be willing to take constructive criticism because you don't know everything. It's it's a fact. There's not a single person in this world, not even Elon Musk. There's a reason why he's hiring a CEO at Twitter and he's becoming the CTO, right? Right. So like you have to understand you don't know everything. You have to understand that it's you don't want to surround yourself with yes people. 
They are the absolute worst people you can hire. People that are just going to yes every decision you make, you're not going to build a successful business. And then to the point of like the holders, like don't be afraid to speak up, but you need to speak up in a way that will achieve the desired result. Being nasty and being negative will never get you the desired result. Right. And it, same thing for founders. Like we poopy. Well, let's example. face it right now. People do they're nasty because they want their desired result is attention. Right. Like, or price go up. Yeah. Or, or just like, I mean, like, I mean, right yeah. now this ledger thing that came out today, like yeah. the, the obnoxious aspect that people are not even willing to research because they would yep. rather get attention for being loud about something they don't even freaking know or understand. Well, they were all fudding it and they had no clue. No clue. Oh my God. I was fired up today. No today was, a, yeah, man, no it clue. was, so I, I'm, so for our listeners, you know, I think, you know, with Tykes, you know, it, there's, there's a, there's a, the other side of this that I, I think we'll, we'll kind of bring this whole episode together on is there's also people that will say, well, Brian, I want to look for the next Tykes because I, it's hard to jump into a project mid steam, or if I missed what was going on, how are you guys approaching that from a Tykes perspective on onboarding people existing now, making them feel well, like, you know, I know you guys have a, a Twitter space that I get, I love to join. And I, that's also like, for anyone that wants to test out uh, these you know, communities, there's lots of great, those that I think are good are doing content on a regular basis that have access to the people on a regular basis. And also their people are pretty active. But how are you guys looking at that? Because I think that's also something that most projects haven't figured out yet. Even the projects that people love is like, you know, that's cool that you were in there earlier. You were in there, you know, pre, you know, where we're at now. Like, how are you looking, approaching like onboarding and welcoming new people? Well, I think, I think what people need to understand is the projects that are trying to build long-term, you're never too late, right? So like, were, like if you invested in Amazon in 2020, were you too late? Right. Right? That's a good point. If I, like that. if I said invest in Amazon in 2010 and you ignored me and then you invested in 2020, right? So like, it's, and it's a little different, right? I'm not saying NFTs are investments, right? But what I'm, what I'm using that analogy because... If it's a project that you truly believe is building something that will be here 5, 10, 20 years from now, you're never too late. If you're just looking for a short-term flip, that's a different conversation, right? right? You're probably too late for pudgy penguins or well, and they're probably not listening. They're probably not listening to this podcast because that's, Correct. No, that's right? not where yeah. we go on this so, one. Right? This so one. for me, the, what, I love, what I love about Tykes is how open – Ryan is to innovating and doing new things. And I think that's what's important. Like we we just announced a partnership with Meta Athletes where Meta Athletes are going to get access to our server and be able to come to all of our training sessions and vice versa. I have a call with um, another project this week where we're going to try to do something similar where they want to offer their holders access to our real estate courses and things like that. Like so there's it's there are people out there that are that are genuinely trying to provide something of value and i don't i i, I don't want it, people to think i'm that guy that constantly like shits on ip projects but like you have to really consider like what again what is your pot of gold is it just to flip and make money or is it to because listen you really are investing when you buy an nft you're investing in those founders right like when i buy a pudgy penguin for five ETH. I'm buying it at five ETH because there's something about Luca or what they're building that tells me by spending five ETH, let's say 10 grand, I know I'm going to get $10,000 of value back. Right. So that's what you really have to consider. So we're constantly trying to, like, we just launched Tyke Tank where our holders can submit opportunities, whether it's real estate or businesses for us to for tykes to invest in and also allow our holders to invest in with tycoin right so like we're constantly trying to like do things that give new people an opportunity i know what you mean like i i like i just joined on chain monkey i only have like a hundred bananas they're like people with like millions of bananas right and i'm like with my little hundred bananas what am i gonna do with my little hundred bananas you know like so i get it right like sometimes you don't you're joining late and you're kind of left behind and all this stuff like that but i think that 
for me, whenever I talk to people about like looking at projects that they want to get involved in, I think ethos is huge. Get involved with projects that share like your, your general human values, right? Like, um, and then the other thing is, is take some time to, to talk to the community. Like I, before I bought an on-chain monkey, I spent months interacting with people that had on-chain monkey PFPs and DMing and building a rapport. And I was like, you know what? I'm willing to spend 0.35 or whatever it was I bought this on-chain. I'm willing to take that money and spend it because every person I've interacted with, every person I've had a conversation with or asked questions about has been the type of person that I would generally want to go have a beer with. So you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to see what happens. Maybe it goes up. Maybe it goes down. It doesn't matter. I know that I joined a community of people that share like what I value. So it's the market's going to change people. It's going to change, right? Like we're going to move to a place where the technology and the real world use cases will start to surpass the value of just what your PFP looks like. Um, I don't know when. I I think it's exciting. And that's an exciting time to get there. Right. And I think, you know, I think, and I think for, you know, to tie this back to where I kicked this off on like the, the initial monologue, right. Like, I mean, finding the people that you want to continue to ally with that are growing your network, right? Like, I feel like, you know, like on-chain monkey, I actually, we had one of the people on the team on the podcast season one. Um, and I didn't have a lot of people that I knew that in that space. And then the more people that I connect in a couple of projects that I like, they're very active in on-chain monkey, right? So like my exposure to on-chain monkey, uh, increased, you mentioned meta athletes to me, that's one of the great, you know, I was, you know, been drew with my business partner, Drew's the founder uh, of meta athletes. And, you know, when we started that, it was an IP, uh, major league baseball player founded artist project. And we, we couldn't find the, it took a while to find the grassroots of realizing, wow, this community is about high performers connecting with coaches. It has some of the best high performer coaches. I know um, there's a mass amount of our audience are yeah. MA holders. And like now MA is doing partnerships with like projects like Tykes. And I think like, to me, this is also like one of those things that, one, that people want to look for is like, also look at like, where are doors that you can connect, right? If you're a holder of a project look and you have Justin. two projects you like, like why not bridge those gaps? And Justin's connect the a perfect spots? example. Yep. Justin, connect, like you said, Justin earlier, Justin knew that Tykes and meta athletes would get along great. And he introduced us, right? Like, and, it, and, and, and to be clear, Justin exactly. is, Justin's a holder of each, right? Like, and like mad love to just like, I, he's a, I mean, a huge fan of his, He's, he's buying a bunch of my art. He's a big yep. supporter. And we, you know, we, and I think he is one of those, he's a perfect example of a, a person that is a good person that's doing, you know, kicking ass at his, his full-time job and, and doing the things that he does. But he's also one of those holders that is like, I'm going to make these communities I'm a part of the best they can be. And I'm going to add what I can to it. And I yeah. think that's a good lesson for everyone here. I think, I think unfortunately, sometimes it feels like you, if you're not a CMO or founder or CEO of a project, like what impact can I make or who can I, you know, can I, you know, use something with? And, uh, and so Joey, this was a hell of a lot of fun. Love having you on, uh, you know, for everyone listening, like to me, this is you know, like Joey and I connecting is like the exact example of this as well. And, yep. you know, excited for where Tykes is going. Uh, hopefully we'll get Ryan on, on the pod, uh, in the near I future. I will definitely, well. I'll ask him. He'll I think, I think he has a link it. in his DMS. He had messaged me and yeah. just said, send him a DM, but we'll, we'll get him on and yeah. talk more Tykes, but I will, Joey, I will say one, one last thing yep. I want to say, cause we met on spaces and I was hosting a spaces one day and a, an older gentleman, like in his seventies, jumped in my space is like i just sold my business and i'm getting into like web3 and nfts he was like do i have to own an nft to be a part of a community and i said no just be here and and this is the example right like we just we happen to always and it's funny because no matter the spaces i join it's always kind of like the same people because we all genuinely share the same ethos right like we 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 surround ourselves with those same people so like you don't have to buy an nft to be part of a community you can just come on twitter jump in some twitter spaces with people that you connect with and next thing you know like you just never know like you look at like um like Riggs is a great example. Yeah, Riggs, Riggs now has a job in Web three, yep. right? Like, and and like it, 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 you can. You don't have to be a founder. You don't have to be a CMO. You don't have to be a community manager. Like, just be present, be authentic, provide value, and you never know. Something cool could really happen. 
I love it. I love it. You know, and you also, you know, you brought on your son. So I think is now the youngest, you know, part-time guest of the podcast that uh, your little one got on there. And I know you have to get back to the family. Joey, thanks so much for hanging out. We'll put the links to the tykes uh, in the show notes. We'll put links to Joey's Twitter. Uh, great follow, great content. Someone that I, uh, I know that if a space is going on and Joey's in there, that I can go in there, uh, have value, probably both going to raise our hands because we both like to talk yep. and, and share our we opinions uh, and bring the hype. So, Joey, thanks so much for, for joining the podcast. You, man. For everybody listening, uh, until next episode, make it a great day, everybody. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always... 